Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. I just got off the phone this morning with a friend of mine who's having a me day. It's raining. It's a little gloomy. She took all her kids to school, got them settled, and get in her cozy clothes and watch movies all day long. And so she texted me once she got back to her settled state this morning that she was there and ready to begin. (laughs) And I just said, oh my goodness, you're such a mess. And texted her the pictures of all of the stacks of stuff I'm doing to the right of my computer and then to the left of my computer. She said, oh my goodness, Cherry, don't you ever take any time for yourself? Don't you do anything? Don't you ever go to the spa? Or do you know how to relax? And I just laughed because I thought, you know, that's totally what we're talking about today. Spiritual renewal. It is so important. And you know, living with nine people, I totally get it. I totally understand that we've got to learn to be intentional about this, especially in terms of spiritual renewal. So I may not know how to take a me day and sit around and just be still and watch movies. That's just not going to be my kind of renewal. However, I can appreciate it for another person. What I have to know how to do is find myself the space to do some spiritual refreshment. That's what I want to talk about today. And it's funny, the analogy I was using is going to be like a trip to the spa because not like the whole weekend trip or the whole week vacation where they're doing some real deep tissue stuff and you just like let it all go we don't have time for that I'm talking about let's say you're just going to go get a pedicure and you pick out the kind you want to get you get your color and everything you know there's kind of like three stages to that you know you get there you get settled and you turn that chair on you get your magazine settled and it starts feeling really good and then there's a point when somebody comes out and they're super mean to you and they start messing around with your feet that really need to be worked on and they start working on them and then there comes a moment when you're kind of sorry you came because it doesn't feel that good anymore (laughs) you stop even concentrating on your book or your magazine you're now focusing on what they're doing down there and then they put your color on and you are able to head out into the world again refreshed and you're so glad you came but all of that emotion and intensity is wrapped up in that experience it's really the same thing when it comes to spiritual renewal and that's what I want to talk about today and I think we can do it in one example the example we're going to use comes from the book of Ezra Ezra was in the time when the Israelites were going to be coming back to Jerusalem it really wasn't settled well and there wasn't a lot established and we're going to summarize a whole bunch because it's a lot of scripture so what we're going to do is look at what the calling was the calling is heard of in the very first of Ezra and chapter 1 I'm just going to read a couple of the first verses in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia so that he might make a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing And what he's going to proclaim is that Jeremiah had said they would be in Babylon 70 years. And it's been about that time. Now, the king of Persia, Cyrus, is making this proclamation that they can all go back. And not only can they go back, he's given them all their goodies so that they can go build the temple back in Jerusalem. They begin to head out, anybody who wants to, about 40,000 people plus. They get there and it goes well for a while. They rebuild the altar and they start the foundation. Takes about two years to get that done. They're going to have some trouble 
as normally happens. And this happens about chapter 4. So if we look at verses 4 and 5, this is what happens. Then the people of the land continually weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled and terrified them and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose and plans all the days of Cyrus king of Persia and until the reign of Darius king of Persia. After this had gone on, so they're doing all these things to discourage them and make them stop. These busybodies even sent a letter slandering and accusing these guys of insurrection. So then down comes this this proclamation from the new king causing them to stop all work. He's not aware of the other proclamation. They didn't even mention that in the letter, (laughs) that they were issued the freedom to do the work. But now they're telling him, oh, these are bad people. You need to put a stop to this. And the new king's like, oh, well, absolutely. Let's get on that. It stopped until the second year of Darius. And that's verse 24. And so now we have a mismatch. You have the calling that God clearly issued to them to go do this. And they're on the road to do that. And now you have the reality that they're caused by force to stop. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but that is a reality in so many lives. It is an absolute crisscross where your reality is not lining up with your theology. Your current situation does not seem to be the word that you had heard or you believed you had heard spoken over your life. That happens. And I think we need to recognize that it's experienced in the Bible and it's in there for our example and for our understanding. When we feel like there's too much against us, dire conditions do not change our callings. Even though it feels like it, even though we might have been made to stop what we feel God called us to do by force. This is where in our pitily example of the spa, is where they'd start digging. So much so that you're like, ah, please stop. This is where it begins to really, really hurt. It's just you're sorry you're there. You're sorry you're in that process. You don't really want to be there and you very much want to quit. It just hurts. When we have a calling, there is usually a complaint that goes with it or what we're calling this mismatch. And when those two come together, there's going to be a collision. What we need to understand is that God is going to be standing in your collision and in my collision, ready with his word, always working. This is what the psalmist says about him in Psalm 57. Be merciful and gracious to me, O God. Be merciful and gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge and finds shelter and confidence in you. Yes, in the shadow of your wings will I take refuge and be confident until calamities and destructive storms are past. I will cry to God most high who performs on my behalf and rewards me, who brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. Let me say that last part again. Who brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. Remember what has happened to the 42 plus thousand that I mentioned before, leaving captivity, free to return to Jerusalem? There's no question that they heard the instructions. You know that they heard them because it's written in scripture. These were completely in line with the word of God because Jeremiah said that they were going to stay 70 years and then they were going to return. But as we discover in scripture these same directions led by God were completely opposed by an enemy that was so effective that they were made to stop doing exactly what God called them to do and made to put their callings on the shelf, set their hammers down, and walk in another direction. Can you even imagine? I can. There was a time a few years ago when I was really excited about something God was doing in my life. It was a calling 
that he was leading me in. I worked very diligently to do everything I could to further it, to live out that God-sized dream in my heart until every road came to a halt. I heard no other word. And then one day, I simply put it on the shelf and devoted myself to the 50 other things I believed God had called me to do because the person that was the next step literally died. I, I, I didn't even know what else to do because I just put it on the shelf. These people who had received their God-sized dream and calling put their hammers down and went home. They were stopped by force. What did they do instead? This we find from Haggai to put all this together. In the second year of Darius the king, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say that the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up into the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. All right, what is going on here? Instead of completing the work that God had called them to, which was to rebuild the temple, they devoted their time and their energy and their resources to building their own homes, to getting their own jobs and to their families. Now, did their homes need rebuilding? Yes, they didn't have any. Did their families need attention? Absolutely. Did they have God-ordained responsibilities? Yes. Were they made to stop the very thing that God is getting onto them for? All true. But 16 years went by and the calling, this God-sized dream, shrank. And they began to walk past that altar and that foundation and what used to really bother them and caused them pain became a distant memory because clearly it wasn't God's time. I mean, they did everything they could to do what he'd said to do. What do we do when what we thought we heard God say isn't working out in reality? And it's been a while, longer than we thought it should be. And it starts to become a distant memory or we've stuck it in the drawer. We let God respond. That's what we need to do. We let God respond in his timing, his way. I don't know what he's going to say to you if you found yourself in this position, but we're going to look back now at how he responded to these people in this example. Then my advice is to pray and to ask him how it relates to you in your situation. But this is God's response to these people putting their calling sort of on a shelf and not completing it, even though they were made to stop by force. This is what he says to them in the first chapter of Haggai, just down a few verses in verse 9. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. And then he's going to answer, why? Why did he do this? And this is the Lord speaking. Because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain and the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. Our God is not a see, I told you so kind of father. That's not what he's saying. Instead, he's about to bring a collision between their calling and the complaint. You see, he's trying to get their attention. He's trying to remind them what he's been trying to show them through these years 
through a messenger sent at just the right time with exactly the right words. Because now he has their attention. Because they can look back on their experiences and say, oh, okay. So now this is what this is what we have in the next verses. Then Zerubbabel and all the remnant of the people who had just returned from captivity listened and obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, not vaguely or partly, but completely according to the word of Haggai the prophet, since the Lord their God had sent him and the people reverently feared and worshipfully turn to the Lord. And then again in the next chapter, this is what it said in chapter 2, But now be strong, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. What we've got right here is some deep instruction and some encouragement. And really, it's it's this stage where we're, fi- we're picking out our color. We're picking out our color and they're starting to put it on. That's what God is really saying here. It's time to put your color on because I have a plan and a purpose for you. I have not forgotten you. I have a plan and purpose for you. Let's think for a minute. Could it be that you have put your calling on the shelf? That maybe you have been made to stop by force? Not because you didn't have the courage to walk in it. Not because you just didn't want to do it. But because of opposition. Some kind of opposition. I don't know what it might be. It's as if you've been stopped by force just like these Israelites. Your stopping has been justified per se turning your attention instead to family or to your job or to your projects or to your own agenda. No one will blame you. But what if the time has come to stop walking past that foundation that was laid before you were made to quit? What if? Suppose you could leave this place after your time here and pick up that God-sized dream that he's specifically placed in your heart and do the work so that God would be honored. You see, it's really not about you. It's really not about you and your accomplishments and what you want to do. It's about the work that God wants you to do so that he will be honored and it will bring glory to his name. Let's think for a minute about what steps we can take today in the renewal process. The first thing is to think about the calling. What do you feel like is a calling that God has on your life? And is it time that you maybe get back to that calling to rethink through it and make a commitment to get back to that. You might pray something like, Lord, I know that I've been frustrated and I have thrown it in the trash. Maybe you've done everything he's asked you to do. Maybe you haven't. You can say, Lord, I hear that you're calling me again and I want to take the next step and trust you and believe that I can hear your voice through the Holy Spirit. And I'm declaring that right now I'm all in. You can do something like that to get back to the calling and make a new commitment to focus on that. Circumstances didn't change with these guys. We don't see that they got any other permission to do anything else. Right now, they're just making a new commitment that they hear the Lord, they know the instructions, and they're getting back to it. We can do the same thing. Now, the second thing is when he shows you the action step after you've made that commitment, when he shows you what to do, take it. Take the action step. Not only did this prophet deliver a message from the Lord clearly and in plain language that penetrated his hearers to their core, but it moved them to action. Not like persuasive jargon, like a salesman. You know, sometimes we hear a sermon and we go home and we say, yeah, that was good. No, they left and they started building 
at once. That's the kind of thing we want to do. We want to pray about this. And when God shows you the action step, take it. Now, one last word that he says to the people, I just want you to hear. It's in second chapter, verse 19. You might've heard this before, but I want you to hear it because this is, goes in the context. Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. You see, God's word speaks to your thoughts and realities because he knows. It's like he's saying, do you see anything happening yet? Any fruitfulness yet like I promised? He knows the answer is like a fat no. (laughs) No, you might be very discouraged. Well, you know what? You better find that color and quick and slap it on nice and pretty and get it dry and get your calling out of that trash can because you're going to need to walk out of here with your beautifully restored feet ready to work because that's what he called the people to. He said it's going to be some work here to walk out of here restored, refreshed, renewed, ready to go because he has a plan for you. He has something for you to do and to be about for his purposes so that he receives the glory. You, my dear, are about to embark on something that he takes pleasure in and intends to be honored by. And I am so excited about that word on your life. I just ask that you pray it through and see how he wants to apply it to you today. I can't wait to be with you next week on the She Yearns Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com, where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.